I'm Michelle Sims, and this is the Beauty in the Mess, a community where people who crave a shift in mindset, personal growth, and connection to like-minded people come together to start rewriting their stories. Through engaging, honest, and insightful conversations, the show will help you embrace the mess to recognize the meanings and the lessons it holds and discover its hidden treasures to help you start making a mindset shift. Let's listen, learn, and reclaim who we were meant to be. Hello, friend. Welcome to episode four of The Beauty in the Mess, called What the World Might Be Missing, Empathy. I'm Michelle, your host. And before we get started, I just want to give a brief definition of empathy just to make sure that we're on the same page before we get going. But empathy is the ability to be able to understand what someone else is going through, putting yourself in their shoes, so to speak. Sociopaths and psychopaths are two of the groups of people who are associated with a lack of empathy. There's another mental health condition called empathy deficit disorder or EDD. People with this disorder have trouble understanding their own emotions, let alone someone else's. But outside of some of the mental health conditions, and there might be more than I've listed, I'm not sure, but most people have the capability to feel empathy on some level. The levels of empathy that people feel run the range on a broad spectrum. But I wanted to talk about empathy for a few reasons. One reason is taking into consideration all the things my family and I have been through, especially medical problems, but really all sorts of things. I think one of the best gifts I've been given personally through it all is empathy, a deep sense of empathy. I feel like I can deeply relate to a lot of people on a lot of different levels. I may not know exactly what they're going through or to the same extent, but I can definitely relate. I can understand what they're experiencing and how that might be affecting them. I can put myself in their shoes. And a lot of times I feel as though I might be feeling their emotional pain to some extent. I sort of share their emotional pain in a way. And it goes without saying that I don't feel exactly what they're feeling. I can't. They're the ones going through it. But I feel in sync with that person, and I see things from their perspective as much as I can anyway. And it's allowed me to connect with people on a much deeper level, but it can also be overwhelming at times. I've had people that have only known me for a brief amount of time say, you're an empath, aren't you? And this was before I even realized what an empath was. So if you're like me and you're wondering, what is an empath? According to Google, empaths are highly sensitive individuals who have a keen ability to sense what people around them are thinking and feeling. Psychologists may use the term empath to describe a person that experiences a great deal of empathy, often to the point of taking on the pain of others at their own expense. I need to point out that empathy is very different from sympathy. Because when you sympathize with someone, you feel concerned for them, you hope things get better, maybe things change for their benefit, you may feel badly for them, but when you empathize with someone, you feel badly with them, if that makes sense. With sympathy, the other person may not feel totally understood or heard, but in all situations and relationships, empathy will bring about the most change. Sympathy is more rooted in how you are feeling and how you feel about that person's situation. You've most likely heard the buzzwords of emotional intelligence or EQ, emotional quotient. EQ is the awareness that a person has about their own emotions and their ability to use that awareness of their emotions in life situations. In a book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0, EQ is stated as your ability to recognize and understand emotions in yourself and others. 
and your ability to use this awareness to manage your behaviors and relationships. Empathy is a huge part of emotional intelligence, specifically the interpersonal management aspect of EQ, because it shows how well you can relate to other people. Highly empathetic folks are typically confident, though not overly confident. They can make decisions, they have inner peace to a degree, and they can empathize with others. And Brene Brown has stated that the four qualities of empathy are to be able to see the world as others see it, to be non-judgmental, to understand another's feelings, to communicate your understanding of that person's feelings. You know, I remember one of my former pastors at one time saying that when you can hear another person's story and you're able to cry with them, then you have reached a level of empathy that God wants you to have. Heck, I can watch a TV commercial and cry. No kidding. Maybe not a Tide commercial, of course, but if it's one that's meant to evoke emotion, concern, or care, then I'm there. And if my family goes out to a movie and there's a sad part in the show, someone dies, someone gets hurt, they find out they're ill, they're abandoned, they're shunned, their dog is dying, yep, I'm crying. As a matter of fact, if I look down the row of seats at the movie theater while the sad event is occurring on the screen— My kids are all leaning forward in their seats looking down at me to see if I've started crying yet. Likewise, most of the time, if someone starts crying on TV or in real life, I cry with them. I really do. It may sound corny, but I can't help it. People's situations can evoke such emotion in me either because I've lived it or had a close family member live it, or I can relate on a deep level to what that person must be feeling. Don't get me wrong, I can feel other people's joy also, their happiness, their excitement. Maybe they've accomplished something that they've worked hard on for a long time. They've lost weight that they've struggled with. They got married. They had a kid. They had a wayward child come back home. You know, whatever, I can feel it and I can rejoice with them. And yes, this can also bring tears, happy tears, though. You know, many times I've joked that I don't know if this level of empathy is a gift or a curse or both. Because when things are great, empathy is a wonderful thing. But when people are suffering and you feel empathy, it does provoke the response that you want to help, which is a good thing. But the problem is when you become so in sync with other people's emotional pain, or you feel like you can feel their pain, it can also be very overwhelming and draining. Not only do you have your own emotional negative feelings to deal with, but now you're taking on another person's negative emotions as well. And you want to fix it for them, right? You you want to make their pain go away. You can even start to worry about how much pain that other person is feeling. And it can lead to being drained, feeling down, or even to anxiety or depression if you prioritize their emotions above your own. It can cause burnout, mental exhaustion, even chronic stress. And one thing I learned in preparing for this episode is that high levels of empathy, especially for one or more of your children, can cause low-grade inflammation, which in turn can lead to lower immunity levels. This is huge. Inflammation is the root cause of so many medical problems. Chronic inflammation can increase your risk for diseases like cancer, heart disease, diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, just to name a few. Inflammation can also go undetected for long periods of time, which make it even more dangerous. I guess I never really put that much thought into what empathy, a deep sense of empathy, can do to your body, but this has really been an eye-opener for me. I've also learned that when you feel deep empathy with someone, your heartbeats can actually start beating to the same rhythm as theirs. Now, that's true emotional empathy. 
So where does this kind of empathy come from? It usually originates from a situation in the person's life where they've had to become hyper-attuned to another person's feelings or actions for some reason. And the bad part about this is the empath's focus generally goes to the lowest, saddest, or most negative energy in the room. So even though you can feel someone's joy, your attention is usually going to someone's pain. And I think this partly comes from that idea of not wanting people to have to go through what you have or someone you love or care about has, not wanting them to feel the pain you have felt or the sadness. You feel a natural urge to help, want to help them and protect them. The good part is if you feel deep empathy and you want to help others, and that's part of your own healing process as well. You definitely want to feel that your own pain was not in vain, right? If you can save someone else time or pain or embarrassment, isn't it worth it to help them? It takes the focus off your own mess for a while, too. Plus, there are great physical side effects for helping others, such as reduced stress and anxiety and depression, and you don't feel isolated because you're helping others. And helping others also boosts your endorphin level and gives you a greater sense of well-being. But in today's world, just watching the news, if you're an empath or a highly empathetic person, it can lead to that overwhelm, especially if you relate to specific people, their families or their lives. And, you know, that's why a lot of us feel badly just watching the evening news anymore. There is so much sadness, fear, anxiety, anger, distress. Everything feels upside down and people are suffering and it can feel hopeless. So how are we actually able to feel empathy on any level? It's not really known yet. However, if you tend to take on other people's emotions, it can become too much. And you have to start setting limits to your empathy or else set limits to your exposure to other people's pain. So what can you do to help yourself if you're an empath? The most important thing is to start setting those boundaries or limits. As for me, I don't know how to stop feeling what I feel. It seems to come naturally at this point in my life, at least. However, the most important reminder I seem to keep getting lately, and remember those coincidences that aren't really coincidences or God winks, is I keep getting the reminder to surrender all of it to God daily, even multiple times a day. And I have to remind myself, if something is out of my control, that worry and stress will do nothing to help me or the other person. And besides the physical effects on your body, another reason to start imposing limits on your level of empathy is because if you allow yourself to fully succumb to someone else's pain, then now you're in the same condition they're in. You're in the same boat, and you won't be able to help them as much or help them at all. And another thing you can do is maybe allow yourself to feel the empathy for a while, sit with it for a bit, and then try to shift it to compassion. Because if you're highly empathetic, You don't have to take on the full gravity of what the other person is going through. You can be concerned and helpful and attentive, but you don't have to let yourself be consumed by their emotions or their energy. But if you're an empath, you're going to have to start consciously applying those boundaries to your feelings. You know, I've known for quite a while that not all empathy is the same. I knew there was a difference between the sort of empathy I feel compared to what many others feel. However, according to WebMD and a lot of other sources, There are at least two forms of empathy. There is emotional empathy, which is a phenomenon of being able to feel the same emotion as another person, feeling distressed by their emotional pain, and feeling compassion for them. And this is what I would really describe as what I feel. In other words, 
As far as researchers are concerned, if you experience emotional empathy, not only are you able to sense another person's emotions, but you can imagine what they might be thinking or feeling. And Daniel Goleman, author of many of the emotional intelligence books, sums it up nicely by saying emotional empathy is when you physically feel along with the other person as though their emotions were contagious. And I can't really think of a better way to state it, really. This form of empathy involves your mirror neurons in the brain. Your mirror neurons fire when you feel an emotion or you witness another person experiencing an emotion such as happiness, sadness, fear, even anger. And when you're observing someone else's emotions and your mirror neurons fire, it allows you to experience the same emotion that they are. It helps greatly if you have a career in coaching, marketing, management, or HR. However, this form of empathy can also be overwhelming to the person who feels it, and it can provoke what seems to be inappropriate responses in some circumstances, and I might add, from my own experience, (laughs) embarrassing responses, because you can't always control the amount of emotion that you feel. And the second form of empathy that a lot of sources talk about is called cognitive empathy. And this is how you can perceive and intellectually understand how someone else is feeling. This is more of a skill that you can learn or improve. It's learning how to identify emotions and behaviors of other people, but you don't really have to put yourself in their shoes. You can ignore the deep emotions of whatever the other person is going through In other words, understanding that someone is sad or why they are sad is very different than feeling the sadness yourself. And some sources say, and I think I have to agree, that there's a third form of empathy called compassionate empathy. Daniel Goleman explains this form of empathy as you not only understand a person's predicament and feel with them, but you're spontaneously moved to help if needed. And according to him, this is the form of empathy we should all be striving to have. It's a more balanced form of empathy. It's a healthier level of empathy. It's described as being able to effectively respond to another person's emotions with a loving detachment. Having compassionate empathy means that you can be an accurate mirror for someone else's feelings without taking on their emotions. This helps the other person to kind of dissipate their emotions and hopefully take action to change their situation. Compassion is actually said to be empathy plus action. Taking action lets you, the empath or the highly empathetic person, detach from feeling the other person's actual emotions. We don't have to take on their emotional pain to help them. And that if you're highly empathetic, that's what we have to learn and start setting boundaries on. With that being said, in all honesty, though, I totally believe that having empathy is a gift that most of us have. And hopefully we're all working towards that healthy level of empathy. And I wish people as a whole showed more empathy towards one another. And this is the main reason I wanted to focus on empathy. Although I truly believe that most of us can feel empathy on some level, when I look at the state our world is in today, I think some folks could use a reminder to try to evoke the empathy that they have. And depending on how you're wired or how you were raised, you may or may not have as much empathy as some of the others. And again, we should all be striving for that happy medium. So what if you're on the other side of the spectrum or leaning towards the other side of the spectrum? What if you're lacking in the empathy department? Well, according to verywellmind.com, if you want to identify if you're lacking in empathy, these are the identifiers that they state. You're overly critical of others. You blame the victim. 
You refuse to listen to other people's perspectives, opinions, or views. You feel like others are overly sensitive. You have a lack of patience when someone else is having an emotional reaction to something. You react with anger when you're frustrated with someone. You don't care how your behavior affects other people. And you possess an inability to deal with emotional events. And if any of these or more than a few of these hit where you're at, then you might be lower on the empathetic scale. And if you think about it, it sounds a lot like the state of the world is in right now, right? I mean, think about when you're scrolling on social media. It's kind of scary. We're being taught to ignore or suppress our empathy for others. And I should mention that folks with a big lack of empathy tend to have relationship problems. They're usually poor communicators, and they don't really help others. So if you feel like you're on this other side of the spectrum or leaning towards it, what can you do? First of all, you can learn to be more empathetic towards others if you want to. And the number one way to become more empathetic is to listen deeply. And you have to remember that most of the time, people don't need you to fix their problem. They just want to be heard and understood. Try to maintain eye contact if you're there in person and give the other person nonverbal cues that you're paying attention to what they're saying. Listen to the inflections and in their tone of voice and watch their facial expressions, their body language. These are all cues as to what's going on. And this is called active listening. You can also become curious about other people, start showing an interest in their story or stories. Focus on the similarities you share with the other person, not your differences. Try to put yourself in their shoes. What if this happened to you? Watch how you respond to the other person also. Practice working on your communication skills. You know, just saying something like, I guess everything happens for a reason. It doesn't really help the other person. In a way, it sort of diminishes what they're going through. And I have to mention a pet peeve of mine here as well. And that is when something bad happens and someone says, God won't give you more than you can handle. And this one really bothers me because, first of all, in the book of James, the Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, which means all good things come from God. Nowhere in the Bible that I know of does it say that God will put all of the bad things on you that he knows you can tolerate, but don't worry, once he knows you've hit your limit, he'll stop. Bad things don't come from God. So yes, people can get more bad things than they can handle. The Bible is also clear in John that Jesus said the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and live it to the full. In other words, death, destruction, all come from Satan, not God. All bad things come from Satan, not God. So think about it when you say God won't give you more than you can handle. You're telling someone who, if they believe in a higher power, is probably praying to God for help that God is the one doing all of this to them. And that's devastating. If your higher power who is supposed to deliver you out of these situations is actually doing these bad things to you, then you're doomed, essentially. At least that's the feeling it's evoked for me when people have said this to me at certain horrible times in my life. However, this is not correct, and this is not the message you want to give someone who's going through tough times. I know the intent with this is almost always good, but please don't say this to people. Think about what you're actually saying to them. So what kinds of things can you say instead? How about, I'm sorry this is happening to you. I wish I could help. I hate that you have to go through this. 
that sounds really hard. Or maybe say nothing at all except for you're there to help in any way that you can. And maybe that is just to listen. Try to focus on the other person. It's so hard to avoid statements like I had that happen to me too, etc. You want the other person to know that you really understand and that you've been through it also. And although this can definitely help at times to explain how you work through a similar situation, it isn't necessary to show empathy to someone. This is something I've had to consciously work on and still work on because I always thought it helped someone to know that I had been through something similar. And I think it does, really. But I think there's a time and a place to share and maybe listening to their story first and possibly sharing your story at a later time would work better. Or maybe just letting them know you have been through something similar without launching into all of the details, at least at first, because the focus should be to listen to their story. And try to figure out what the other person really needs. And remember, the six human needs are certainty, significance, variety, love and connection, growth, and contribution. What is it that this other person is needing right now? Practice relating to how this person must feel. Most of us have lost someone dear to us. Most of us know what the fear of failure feels like or what failure itself feels like, what rejection feels like. In your mind, try to relate what this person is going through to an experience you have had. You may even feel a little vulnerable doing this, but that's okay. It's not a weakness. It's just part of being human. And it will help you understand the other person better. Be more patient with them. Try to connect with them on a deeper level. And it will also help guide your responsiveness to them, possibly even thinking about what this person has been through that might have led to the behavior or situation that you're witnessing. According to Jennifer Williams, an emotional intelligence coach, you will know if you've expressed empathy because the other person's emotions will start to dissipate, their defenses will drop, they'll feel understood, they'll have a sense of peace that they may not have had before. And you can also examine your own intentions towards this other person because if you're just trying to get them to feel better so you don't feel uncomfortable, that's not empathy. As a matter of fact, your focus should not be on fixing the problem for them It should just be trying to understand how they are perceiving their problem. And if the person you're working with calms down, then most likely you're showing them empathy. Lastly, do you feel more connected to the person even if you didn't know them before? If so, you probably have achieved your empathetic response. The bottom line is, I hope we all practice showing more healthy empathy no matter what area of the spectrum you're on and compassion towards one another. I think it's more needed now than ever. And as always, I hope this episode helps at least one person. So have a blessed week, my friend. Thank you for listening to The Beauty in the Mess. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas you would like to hear about, or you think you would be a great guest on the show, you can reach me directly at thebeautyinthemess.com. Thanks for listening.